It has been reported that the Washington commanders are having open discussions about trading Deami Brown, Brown, and there's speculation that they could trade Montez Sweat. Both of those moves would be huge mistakes. I'm going to tell you why that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow, and you'll get every episode for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll always get the latest episodes whenever they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there or here or on Twitter at dharrison 82 or text me anytime at 202-760-2644. Thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view of the day. Today, we've got Locked On Steelers host Chris Carter coming through to tell us about the newest Washington offensive lineman and a new bid for ownership of the Washington Commanders. But first, we're talking about trade speculation and rumors because rumor has it the team is in talks to potentially trade third-year receiver De'Ami Brown, and there's someone who thinks Washington might even be open to trading defensive end Montez Sweat and I'm going to tell you both would be big mistakes but we're starting with the rumor not the speculation and that is about wide receiver Deami Brown that is commander's trade rumor number one according to Kenneth Teep it's T-E-A-P-E I'm not really sure how to pronounce it to be completely honest with you of NFL analysis network saying quote there are still quite a few trade possibilities leading up to the NFL draft one name to watch is Washington wide receiver Deami Brown. They're definitely open to moving him and calling teams actively. That according to an unnamed NFL executive, uh, again, according to NFL Analysis Network. Um, listen, right off the bat, the idea of the Washington Commanders trading Deami Brown is just absolutely, incredibly, emphatically unwise for them to do if they did, in fact, make that kind of a move. Let's look at, first of all, who Deami Brown is. Uh, as the player third round pick in the 2021 NFL draft uh, 82nd overall pick as a matter of fact 30 games played so far in his career six starts all those coming as a rookie 17 catches 12 as a rookie uh, in his career 308 receiving yards so far two touchdowns both coming in 2022 not the most amazing numbers uh, admittedly right but you're also not talking about a top pick you know you're not talking about Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. You're not even talking about Jahan Dotson, who was the third, fourth, I think, wide receiver uh, taken off the board last year uh, in the NFL draft. You're talking about a third-round pick. And, and I think that I joined everybody, and I think that we kind of hoped uh, for a little bit more out of Deami in his, in his rookie season. But then again, coming into year two, you kind of hope to see uh, that stride forward. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. You see Jahan, Jahan Dotson come in, Curtis Samuel getting healthy again, Terry McLaurin. So as a number four receiver, third-round pick, you can kind of feel like there's a little bit left to be desired there, but this isn't so much necessarily while I'm, I'm certainly willing to defend Diami to a certain extent, this isn't necessarily a defensive Diami Brown more. So just looking at the market value, what you're talking about getting, if you are indeed interested or looking to potentially trade uh, Diami Brown at this point in the year, 12th wide receiver drafted in 2021 out of 35 total wide receivers drafted. And I think that context is kind of important because we're, if you're the Washington commanders, you have to look at this as, 
investment and return, right? So you have the 12th wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft. That's who De'Ami Brown is for you. Three of the 35 wide receivers drafted haven't even appeared in a regular season game uh, as of today. Kwan Baker, uh, New Orleans seventh round draft pick, Trey Nixon, New England seventh round draft pick, uh, draft pick, and Marquez Stevenson, Buffalo's sixth round draft pick. None of them have taken a single NFL snap. So the other 32 wide receivers have been active for at least one game, at least a snap, right, in a regular season game. And De'Ami Brown, among those players, ranks 17th in receptions with 17 total. Uh, there are five with 100 or more. Out of all 32 that have played in from that draft, there are only five that have 100 career receptions so far. And that's not even 100 in a single season. That's just 100 career receptions through two seasons. Amon Ross St. Brown of Detroit is tops. Uh, in that list, but then you also have names like Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Josh Josh Palmer. But look, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Smith, those are top draft picks. You expect those guys to have that kind of, of production. Josh Palmer, Amon Ross St. Brown, and De'Ami Brown, they kind of join that list of mid-round guys, late-round guys that you don't necessarily expect that kind of production from. Love to get it if you can, but you don't necessarily expect it, right? De'Ami Brown also 14th in yards. Uh, again, the 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 common denominators: Chase Waddle, St. Brown, uh, Palmer. Those guys are are the guys who are kind of leading the draft class uh, in that group. But De'Ami Brown is third in, in his draft class in yards per reception with eighteen point one. Now, some of the guys that are ahead of him: Seth Williams, a Denver Broncos receiver. His yards per reception: thirty-four yards per reception. He has one catch. That one catch went for thirty-four yards. De'Ami Brown has many, many more catches, but still eighteen point one yards. And then Amir St. Marset. Uh, who has gone from Minnesota to Chicago to Kansas City, 21.8 yards per reception, uh, has six career catches. So, again, the body of work, not even there where Diami's is, but Diami, you know, at least has a little bit of a body of work. Tenth in touchdowns, uh, despite the lack of, of, of utilization from Diami Brown uh, from his draft class. Again, sixth in games played. At, if you take all those critical atmosphere or uh, statistics, right, games played, catches, yards, touchdowns, all those things, he ranks 10th. You average those those rankings out, and he comes up uh, as the 10th receiver in his draft class. You drafted him as the 12th receiver coming out. Three of those guys from that class haven't played a snap in the NFL yet. None of them were drafted ahead of Brown. They were all drafted behind Brown. So really, when you look at him against his peers, where you drafted him in his class, he's basically sitting right where you expect him to be, if not a little bit of ahead in his class. Now, that's a relative ranking and only one way to measure the success of a draft pick, right? But... Now you have to look at if you do trade the Army Brown, what are you getting back in, in return, right? You're, you're, you're getting draft capital. You're not going to trade him straight up for a player because if you trade him for a player, you're getting a player that another team just doesn't want on their roster, and I don't think that's really the way that you want to go. So you're giving up all that NFL experience. It's two years, which is a, a whole you know bunch of time, but it's still a good amount of time. Two years of NFL experience that you're giving up. You are coming into an NFL draft with a somewhat weak wide receiver class, right? So – when you talk about the relative talent uh, that's available, I can't imagine that if you trade De'Ami Brown, you're investing a first or a second round pick in a wide receiver when you've got McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel on the roster, right? So I think the best you're probably looking at is a guy like Keishon Butte out of LSU in the third round. And how much of, a, of an upgrade is Butte going to be over De'Ami Brown as a rookie when De'Ami Brown's coming in with two years of NFL experience under his belt? And oh, by the way, he's doing offseason workouts with your presumed QB1 coming into OTAs uh, and training camp. Then if you go to day three, you're looking at Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia is kind of a, a similar, I wouldn't say an exact comp, right? But a similar type of value. Uh, again, you're not going to get any better 
by moving him. It's not a salary cap prohibitive. Like you don't need the cap space to move DeAndre Brown. So it just doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense that the, the commanders would even be looking at this. And then beyond all that, the experience and bond with Sam Howell. Again, we talked about Sam Howell and how his draft capital took such a hit coming out of the of North Carolina because he lost all of his weapons in the NFL for a season. Well, De'Ami Brown was one of those weapons. They're they're really tight friends when De'Ami got drafted, when Sam got drafted, rather. De'Ami was one of the first people to reach out to him. And they're working out, as, as we speak, you see Instagram posts from Sam Howell and De'Ami Brown of the two working out together. And you're talking about putting Sam Howell in the driver's seat of your franchise for the first time. You're, you're talking about a young quarterback. If he has some struggles or if he has some moments where he needs kind of that friend, you know what I mean, to lean on, De'Ami Brown is that guy. Why would you move him? Beyond just the playing field, beyond the NFL experience, Diami brings a lot uh, to the to the locker room, especially in the situation where Sam Howell is your potential starting quarterback. So, bottom line is, you're not getting the value back if you trade Diami Brown. You know what I mean? You're not. You're just not going to be able to get it. You can't find what he brings to your team uh, elsewhere. Um, what made me, what did make me happy, John Kahn of ESPN, uh, obviously one of the, the best reporters on this beat, said on Twitter. Someone on Twitter asked him, "Hey, like, have you heard about this? Do you believe it?" And he uh, said that he reached out to someone in the organization, didn't say who, and received an emphatic no, which is great to hear because it, it makes no sense. Shout out to Jared, Brandon, everybody else joining for the live. A little bit late tonight, so I decided to go live instead of record it and post it like I usually do. I know it's a little bit late in the evening, but appreciate you guys for coming through. Brandon, getting rid of the Ami makes zero sense. Uh, obviously, I 100% agree. Unfortunately, Brown isn't the only Commanders player being speculated about in trade talks, and somehow there are thoughts out there that Montez Sweat might be available for trade, so we're going to set that straight as well on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. The NCAA college basketball tournaments are heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one Sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't pan out. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. And then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team is going to be cutting down the nets when it's all said and done. You can do all of that on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first view or your first listen of the day is your Tuesday episode of Locked On Commanders firing off Monday night. If you're here joining me live uh, on YouTube or if you're watching later, if you're listening later, greatly appreciate you uh, as well. We just talked about the trade rumors surrounding De'Ami Brown uh, that unfortunately uh, someone from inside the organization told John Kime emphatically no, that that was not going to happen, which it should not happen. It's absolutely ridiculous. That the story is even out there and that we have to have this conversation. But not only are there reports about the commanders potentially talking about trading De'Ami Brown, there's actually another publication that seems to think that the team could consider trading defensive end Montez Sweat. And if you've been watching the show consistently over the last week or so, we've done a good amount of episodes concerning not only Montez Sweat, but fellow defensive end Chase Young, how the contract of Deron Payne kind of impacts their statuses with the team, fifth-year option decisions, 
coming up, contract renewals potentially coming up for Montez Sweat, the trickle-down effect to Cameron Curl. Like, all of this thing is kind of interconnected and really uh, impacts each other, right? So would the Washington Commanders trade Montez Sweat in a pre-draft or draft weekend uh, trade? Well, if you ask me, it would absolutely be insane to even entertain this conversation. If I'm the Washington Commanders, if I'm Martin Mayhew, Ron Rivera, or a combination thereof, Anybody that calls me and even mentions Montez Sweat, like you're not even going to get your, as soon as I hear Mon, I'm hanging up on you because it's just ridiculous. But the rumor is out there. The speculation is out there. So of course we have to address it. Cody Benjamin of CBS Sport writes, quote, in an ideal world, Sweat would build on a promising pass rushing, pass rushing resume to earn a mega extension in Washington, but the commanders are already paying top dollar. Fellow D lineman, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Chase Young is also on board. With 29 sacks in five seasons and a career-high 28 quarterback hits in 2022, he could fetch premium compensation potentially for a future quarterback splash. Even entering a contract year, his departure would also save Washington an immediate $11.5 million, end quote. Again, the Washington Commanders are not cash-strapped. This is not a salary cap dead situation in Washington, D.C. They do not need the cap space. Cap space is always great if you can get it, but if you don't need it, there's no reason to go out there and, and stash away that money and just watch it waste away and not spend it. Um, also, the un uncertainty surrounding Chase Young's future uh, just kind of complicates things. And I really think, and if you listen to that quote, I think that's really where a lot of this comes from, right, is is the the national infatuation with Chase Young. Don't get me wrong, love Chase Young, and, and the potential certainly was there coming out of Ohio State. You want to see him still reach it possibly, but the truth of the matter is, whether through injury or other situations, that potential just has not been reached up to this point. Meanwhile... Montez Sweat is doing some things. First round pick in 2019, the 26th overall pick, has since then in his in his draft class, or for, I'm sorry, for the team specific. We're going to talk about the team first. Since coming into the team in 2019, fifth most games played for the Washington Commanders with 59. Third most starts. First in sacks. First in quarterback hits. First in tackles for loss. Ninth in total tackles. So we just paid Deron Payne if we're the Washington Commanders. For a real, don't be wrong. Like I don't want to, I don't want to shade what Duran did before him, but a really good season, right? We just gave him an extension, paid him a lot of money. But we're talking about a guy here, Montez Sweat, who since joined the franchise in 2019, again fifth in games played, third in starts, first in sacks, quarterback hits, and tackles for loss, and ninth in tackles when he plays on the defensive line on one half of the field. Like his his portion where he can make tackles for this team is such a small part of the field, yet he's still top ten in tackles since he joined this team. Now you look at his draft class amongst defensive ends drafted in 2019. Montez is fourth, uh, was was the fourth selected. Sorry, seventh in tackles, ninth in games played, fifth in games started, fourth in sacks, third in quarterback hits, fourth in tackles for loss. Is he first in there? No, but is he fourth guy selected. He's right around that mark in every important statistical category you can ask for from a defensive end among all defensive ends. 28th in tackles since 2019, 15th in sacks, 10th in quarterback hits. 10th in tackles for losses. His sack numbers put him right there with J.J. Watt, which I get J.J. Watt isn't the J.J. Watt of, you know, his his prime and all that stuff, but it's J.J. Watt, very good defender still since 2019 till 2022. Demarcus Lawrence, certainly a, a very reputable uh, defensive player. 10th in quarterback hits, that's right there with Brian Burns, the Carolina Panthers, who many consider one of the up-and-coming defensive ends in the National Football League. And then 15th in tackles for losses puts him right in the field of Trey Hendrickson. Why would you trade? a Demarcus Lawrence, J.J. Watt type-ish, Brian Burns, similar Trey Hendrickson comp. You wouldn't. It just doesn't make sense. And if you're looking at Chase Young on the other side, who, again, injury is not his fault. Don't blame him for getting injured because that's something that happens in the game. 
But you look at the situation that Chase Young is in, why would you possibly give up on Montez Sweat when that's what you have going on on the other side? Brandon says in the live chat, if you can get a first for him, then maybe you move on for him. Uh, again, I look at it like this, Brandon. You've got Chase Young, who's a huge question mark right now, coming into his fourth year, if you even pick up his fifth-year option, which I said personally, I don't think they're going to pick up his fifth-year option, which means you have him in a contract here, Montez in a contract here. You trade him for a first-round pick. You basically have to draft a defensive end. Everybody knows it coming into it. So anybody that wants a defensive end more than you is going to now trade up to get that defensive end ahead of you, or you're going to have to package that capital with other capital to go get that defensive end. It puts you in a sticky situation. Keep what you have, improve from there is my opinion. Everybody's going to have we're our own opinions. Uh, but look, Brandon, uh, not Brandon, um, CBS Sports, uh, Cody Benjamin, sorry, uh, speculates the Chicago Bears, Kansas City Chiefs, Arizona Cardinals, Atlanta Falcons, and Houston Texans as potential landing spots. Uh, look, if the Houston Texans will give up number two for Montez Sweat, we might have to, we might have to consider that one uh, a little bit. So, Again, that one's just a speculation. That's just a media speculation, not an official report or rumor. Uh, so if you're if you're uh, upset about it, don't be too upset about it. It's just again, it's it's content for the offseason for CBS Sports. But because they put it out there in the atmosphere, definitely wanted uh, to talk about it. So uh, in real news, new ownership bid uh, coming out on Monday via the Sports Junkies 106.7 The Fan. If you're local, you love them. You 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 well, you either love them or you hate them. Some people actually hate them. But 106.7 The Fan, the Sports Junkies reporting Monday. Uh, former Duke Blue Devils basketball player Brian Davis has entered a bid to purchase the Washington Commanders, saying, quote, he has raised enough capital, I'm told, has he's raised $7 million and has put in an official offer to buy the Washington Commanders. So there were kind of rumors and reports of a mystery buyer kind of out there talking about trying to put in a bid for the Washington Commanders. This apparently uh, was the guy. Davis attended high school in Bladensburg, Maryland, uh, before attending Duke from 1988 to 1992. Made four straight Final Fours with the Duke Blue Devils basketball team, won two NCAA championships, and was a second-round draft pick of the Phoenix Suns in the 1992 NBA draft. Davis played the 1993 season for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the only official season that he has NBA active time in. Uh, in October of 2006, Davis and former Duke Blue Devils teammate Christian Leitner entered into an agreement to purchase 70% of the NBA's Memphis Grizzlies. They, they represented the group that was buying 70% of the Memphis Grizzlies. That deal fell due, fell through because of insufficient funding. Uh, however, the end result included NBA legend Scottie Pippen suing both Davis and Leitner uh, for what ended up being a $2.5 million judgment in favor of Pippen. Uh, additionally, Davis and Leitner started a real estate company that resulted in more broken promises and even more millions of dollars uh, in lawsuits. Again, as of 2016, it was reported that Leitner owed more than $14 million to several creditors and private individuals, including former NFL running back Jonathan Stewart, because we can't have a single episode of Locked On Commanders without talking about a former Carolina Panther, right? Uh, it's unclear how much of that 2016 debt, the $14 million Christian Leitner owed to creditors and other people, uh, also involves Davis, but bottom line is it hasn't made a lot of smart business decisions, right? And that's certainly something that I think is going to give NFL owners a pause before they consider approving Davis or a group that involves Davis in any way, shape, or form to be the new owner uh, in Washington, if, if it even makes that high. So he's a new candidate, you know what I mean? And look, people can certainly learn learn from their mistakes, but I don't know if the NFL really wants to be the proving grounds for somebody to show that they've learned from their mistakes. So I don't think that Davis uh, really moves the needle all that much. So if you're adding Davis to the list of potential and prospective buyers of the Washington Commanders, I rank them last. 
So if I'm right, De'Ami Brown and Montez went aren't going anywhere. Uh, but Trent Scott did go somewhere. The offensive lineman left the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now he is a member of the Washington Commanders. Yes, he is a former Carolina Panther. Who is he? What should our expectations of his role be? Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers is coming through right now to tell us about that here next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built March Madness is here. We know you have a favorite Built Bar, favorite Built Puff, so now is your time to make that count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. We're in the midst of the Built 16, and you know I'm voting for my favorite, Lemon Dipped Cheesecake Puff. And if you want your favorite bar or puff to win, you need to head over and vote as well. Plus, when you vote, you will be entered in to be one of 50 lucky Locked On listeners that get a free box of Built Bar products. Not only that, but one of you is going to be a lucky winner of a 12-month subscription, and Built is going to send you their best Built Bars and Built Puffs all year long straight to your door. Built Bar is still the best protein bar on the market. So good for you, but tastes amazing while delivering high amounts of protein with little sugar, and it's covered in 100% real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop on in, support your pick at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Built different. Final segment here on this says at this episode of the Lockdown Commanders podcast. Again, thanks to everybody uh, who is joining us here in the in the live chat here on YouTube, and of course, thanks as well to everybody who's following us after the fact in the uh, YouTube or on uh, audio platforms everywhere. Offensive lineman Trent Scott recently signed a two-year deal with the Washington Commanders, worth just over three million dollars, and his cap hit is the eighth most on the offensive line as of today. So. It doesn't sound like starter money, but certainly sounds like key depth backup, you know, a primary backup role uh, type of guy. So who is Trent Scott? Originally an undrafted free agent out of Grambling State. Scott uh, ended up with the Los Angeles Chargers, eventually found his way to the Carolina Panthers in 2019 after spending three seasons with Carolina. So he was there beyond Ron Rivera's time uh, there in Carolina, spent last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, played guard, offensive tackle during his NFL career, all of it on uh, both sides, left side and right side of the offensive line was actually the subject of an article that I wrote uh, a trade deadline article. I wrote kind of speculated uh, that this team or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might actually trade for him to potentially be their swing tackle. Uh, although if you listen to our mock draft Monday episode, apparently potentially uh, Sam Cosme might be becoming that swing tackle. If the commanders go that direction in the mock draft that we covered there from NFL.com Scott is expected to enter the offseason training program and camp competing for a backup role for the Washington Commanders, So not a guy that I see as a starter potentially, but just a key member of the offensive line depth and the offensive line is incredibly important. So of course you always want as much depth as you can get. Let's see if my assumption is the correct assumption. And let's hear from Chris Carter, host of locked on Steelers to tell us about former Steelers, offensive lineman, now commanders, offensive lineman, Trent Scott. Hey everyone. I'm Chris Carter, host of the locked on Steelers podcast. Just coming in to help David out just to talk about Trent Scott, the new offensive tackle signed by the Washington commanders. Now commanders fans, here's what you need to know about Trent Scott. His time in Pittsburgh wasn't really that much of a measuring stick to really use for anything. He only played 31 total snaps uh, because he was kind of the team's first tackle to come off the bench. He was more of a swing tackle. They wanted to use in different spots. The thing is the Steelers had a remarkable kind of run with the, with the offensive line where nobody 
suffered, missed a start all year, which doesn't happen much in football. So Trent Scott was brought in to kind of be that reserve guy, but uh, didn't get the chance to be that guy because the Steelers were pretty healthy at offensive line all season long. But I will say this, there was not the best vibes coming out of training camp and practices for Trent Scott. And that's why he was right back into free agency and, and moving on and everything. Uh, so I think what you're getting in Trent Scott is a guy who, when he was asked to fill in, I think he did it. He did an okay job as far as, you know, being the extra offensive tackle on the field for the Steelers, but it's tough to really gauge at this point where he is in his career, as far as, you know, if he, if he could be a starter, how he would fill in, if he was given a full role, he did not have uh, great grades coming into uh, coming into the season. But part of the thing also what might've helped him with the Steelers was that he, he was working with his former offensive line coach with the Carolina Panthers, Pat Meyer. Won't have that with him in DC, but uh, he certainly seemed to be okay as a swing tackle. Be wary of trying to just throw him at, into a starter role. He might need some time to kind of fit in with your offense. But that's my, that's just my perspective from covering him with the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so again, Chris Carter, Locked On Steelers host, come through to tell us his experience with Trent Scott as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, now an offensive lineman for the Washington Commanders. And again, sounds like you know a key depth backup competitor here for the Washington Commanders. Don't expect him to really fight for a starting job. Uh, but I think it's interesting that he was a Steelers swing tackle, never really got on the field, like Chris said, because the Steelers somehow found a way to stay healthy on the offensive line. That must be a nice problem to have, right? So Trent Scott uh, eventually ends up walking out the door. Um, but the fact that he was their swing tackle, didn't get a lot of use, granted, but the fact that he was their swing tackle, kind of first tackle uh, off the sideline if they needed one, I think that says something to at least his potential and, and possible uh, level of talent there. So an interesting prospect uh, here joining the Washington Commanders. We'll see how he turns out in OTAs and in training camp. Brandon asking a question in the live chat. Jalen Carter somehow falls to 16 because of his behavioral stuff in pro poor day. Uh, do you consider drafting him? Personally, I don't. I just, I just, when you look at Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, both under contract effectively through 2025, Deron Payne's contract runs through 2026. Uh, if it stays that long, and the fact that Federer Math is coming into year two, we'll see what he brings. But also, you have John Ridgway, who did uh, an admiral job stepping in as well, and they've added even more depth this offseason. I don't think you spend a first round pick on a guy like Jalen Carter. What I would like is to see if another team looks at Jalen Carter sitting there at 16 and says, hey, We'd like to move up and get that guy. Then let's see if we can get some draft capital. Let's trade back into like the 2021 range. Maybe there we get Osiris Torrance, uh, the interior offensive lineman out of the Florida Gators program that Chad Reuter mocked to the Washington Panthers at 16 in yesterday's mock draft Monday. So it's a great question. Um, that's kind of how I see that working out. Special shout out to all of you joining me again here live on this episode of Locked On Commander. Special shout out to Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers coming through and for you making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or view of the day. Hope you come through again tomorrow. But in the meantime, make your second listen or view locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to draft salary cap management and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they talk about everything that goes into building a successful NFL franchise. Find locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'll be back tomorrow catching up on some things that are coming out in Phoenix, including Martin Mayhew's comments on QB1. Sam Howell uh, at the league meetings there in Phoenix, Arizona, and more. So if you want to get in on the fun, send me your mock drafts questions ahead of Tuesday evening's mailback episode recording via email at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or on Twitter or text me whenever you feel like it, 202-760-2644. Again, 202-760-2644. Text me night or day, and I will get back to you as soon 
as I can. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country of Power Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Find me there, find me here, or on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next time right back here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.